0: The following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Well, good evening, everybody. My, 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 somebody's happy to be here tonight. Hey, it's Wednesday, it's halftime. You happy to be in church? Huh? You happy? <laughs> it's been a great night, great night. What a joy to see all of you in balcony. You look good. Let me let me share something with you from Sunday. Sunday in the third service, we dedicated 32 babies. <laughs> Folks, the kids are next door. That's a happy church. You didn't get that, did you? There's some joy going on in those homes. What a joy, 32 children. Wow, it was awesome. I'm so thrilled that God has blessed our church and given us, you know, happy is the church that has a quiver full of arrows. You know what I mean? And this church is raising up some kids. Next door tonight in our new chapel, the youth are meeting. We have 160 chairs up, and they'll be filling that place up tonight. And in our children's ministry tonight next door, they'll probably have a couple of hundred kids over there tonight because you brought them to the house of God. I love your children, and I'm so happy you bring them to God's house. And even though it's Wednesday night, you know we're not going to hold you long. We're going to be like Henry VIII told his fifth wife, I won't hold you long. (laughs) But the bottom line is that you're here. You're in the house, and you're bringing your children to the house of God. Clap your hands. That's a great thing. That's a great thing. Tony, are you in the house? Tony, Tony Sapphire, are you in the house, my friend? Tony, are you in the house? Would you just wave your hand or something? Tony? Freddie? You guys stand up. Y'all stand up. I'm calling you out. That's two of my dear buddies right there. Wonderful young men. And they come to our Bible study group down in San Marcos. And I like both of you guys. In fact, I will go ahead and say it. I love you like brothers. And we're happy to have you. Give them a great hand tonight. I want to, I want to holler at you. What a joy. And guys, Sunday I preached that I might have some of my friends here tonight. And I do. And I want, to, I want to introduce them. And if they'll be so kind and courteous to stand so you folks can clap for them. Because they ain't got a standing ovation like this in a long time. But I want them to stand when I call them. Dr. Clay Sullivan and his wife Carol are here today. He's a retired dentist. You folks, I love you. I love you. That was quick. Come on. Thank you, Dr. Clay. Keep standing. Yeah, they want to clap for you. That's good. And this next guy's got a wife named Georgiana. Is that right, Georgiana? Georgina. All right. I'm going to call her Georgiana, cause I like that. I like that better. <laughs> Buddy Lowe, Buddy is my friend. Doctor Clay's my friend. Buddy's my friend. Buddy is a man that used to own a whole bunch of Easy Ponds in North America, and he sold out when I heard he was an Easy Pond dealer. I said, Buddy, I want a particular gun. Now I'm not a gun shooter. I'm a gun collector. I don't shoot them, and uh, I hadn't put a bullet through it yet. My dad. I gave my dad a 12-gauge shotgun years ago. He never pulled a shell through it. I hadn't shot it either. And uh, I gave it to him when I was a 12-year-old boy. So you figure that out how old that gun is. (laughs) But Buddy found me uh, an AR-15. So don't come messing around my house. (laughs) And Buddy found it for me. And then Shane and Courtney bought it for me for my birthday. And I've got me an AR-15 at the house. And I got shells and I got a, I got a, a clip. <laughs> Say hello to my little friend. <laughs> I'm messing with you. Buddy, I want you and your wife to stand. I want to honor you tonight, sir. What a joy to have you folks in the house tonight. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. And this next guy, this next guy is just, he's just a pal of mine. I mean, we've just become buddies. And he, he knows it, and I know it. His name is Charlie Sims. He's a three time, he did three tours in Vietnam, and I call him my hero. I preached about him in this church. And, and Charlie, you, you're already known before you get here. But I'm so happy to have you tonight. He hadn't been in church in a long time, and when he walked under the, the porticochet, he said, Does this thing protect you from lightning? And I said, yes, it does. Charlie, I want you to stand up. We want to give you a hand, buddy. We're honored to have you, Charlie. I love you, buddy. I mean that. We're honored. Come on, give him a hand. He's a veteran. Give him a hand. Give him a hand. That's awesome stuff. That's awesome stuff. Yes, sir. Wow. I am blessed to have friends like that. Terry, thank you for having the breakfast. And thank you guys for all being a part of it. Amen. Some of y'all are clapping. You want to go with me, don't you? Down there, there's some cool guys down there, and they they've included me. Now, I'm, I'm speaking. I'm speaking the next three weeks. I spoke last week, and I'm speaking the next three weeks on sermons. I want to preach. You may not want to hear them, but sermons. It's I want, I want to preach these sermons. I want to I want to bless you with these sermons. And tonight, I'm gonna to, I'm gonna speak on a message that. Has been the theme, the thematic undertone of what we are here at Christian Life Church. And it is the fact that God loves everybody. And I am going to speak tonight on the subject. God came from Teman. Now I'm going to ask you to be a little Catholic tonight. stand up one more time with me. Come on, stand up, stand up. It's all right. You that are Catholic-based, you understand that we have to stand up from time to time. And you that are not, we're doing calisthenics right now. And I want you to turn to somebody, I want you to tell them I want to help the pastor and I hope he's not long-winded tonight and I won't be. But I love you. And now you may be seated. God bless. That's all I wanted from you. I'm going to be reading tonight later from the book of Habakkuk. But it's oftentimes that the shortest prayers produce the most profound results in our lives. Elijah, the prophet, when he was on Carmel, prayed 63 words, and a fire failed and consumed the sacrifice. Peter prayed a one-sentence prayer in Acts chapter 3, and a lame man was healed. Paul spoke 14 words in Acts 16 and a a woman was set free from the spirit of divination. Hezekiah in his struggles in Isaiah 38 prayed 29 words and he mentioned three things. He said, I have, I followed you in truth. When the prophet told him that he was going to die to get his house in order, Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and told the Lord three things. He said, I followed you in truth and I've followed you with a perfect heart and I've done right by you. And we all know Jabez's prayer of 33 words that has become life-changing words to so many even in this house. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. Now there's two things here. One is a passionate prayer, one of fervency, and the other is a man or a woman of passion in their heart. So Habakkuk, had a short prayer of 33 words, and I'm going to read it to you tonight. They're going to put it on the screen. You can see it. He said, O oh Lord, I've heard thy speech and was afraid. Lord, revive your works in the midst of the years, and in the midst of the years make known, and in wrath, remember mercy. And the Bible said in verse 3, God came from Teman, and the Holy One from Mount Perrin. Selah, that means so be it. Take that in. And his glory covered the heavens, and the earth was full of his praise. Isn't that cool to be full of praise because God shows up? Many times, short prayers have an urgency that long orations do not have. The Lord never told us to pray a long time. He just said, pray in earnest when you pray. And the Bible says God came from Teman and the Holy One from Mount Perrin. See, prayer touches God. I don't care who you are tonight. I don't care who you are. When you pray, God hears you. And he always does. And God came when Habakkuk prayed. God came from where he was to where Habakkuk was. God came from his starting point to where the prayer was. See, prayer touches God. And God will leave where he is to come where the prayer is. He will. I want to tell you a little funny story. The Peace Corps in South America has a handbook that they give to their volunteers concerning the Amazon. And and one of the the suggested things is if an anaconda comes after you. (laughs) Anacondas can grow up to 35 feet and weigh about 400 pounds and they can fly. They can fly. And there's 10 rules to follow. And here's the manual of advice, okay? Number one, do not run. Because an anaconda can outrun you. Number two, I was reading these to my daughter today. She said, Daddy, I wouldn't do any of those. Number two, lay down. Number three, tuck your chin against your chest. Put your hands by your side and get as rigid as possible. Number four, don't panic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Number five, the snake will check you out. He'll start smelling of you to see if you're good for dinner. Number six, he'll start swallowing you from the feet up, always from the feet up. My question is, has the snake read this manual? (laughs) Number seven, slowly let it happen. Don't panic. Number eight, take your knife carefully out of your scabbard. Place it between your legs under the snake's head and rip up, killing the serpent, killing the snake. Number nine, Make sure you have a knife. (laughs) And number 10, make sure it's sharp. Prayer still works. Prayer is the sharpest knife you have in your bag. There is nothing like prayer. And there is a God that is still an on-time God. Can you say amen to that? So I want to talk a little bit about Teman tonight. I want to talk a little bit about Perrin tonight. In the Old Testament, the most awesome manifestation that happened in the Old Testament happened at Perrin. It was a mountain. And at Sinai, those, it was a mountain range, a Sinaitic mountain range, and they, they were horseshoe-shaped. Horseshoe Paran was on one side and Sinai was on the other side. And the land that surrounded all of that was called Teman. Teman. And so God dwelt there. Deuteronomy 33 and 2 said the Lord came from Sinai and he shined forth from Paran. So Teman is a place, folks, of manifest glory. Say manifest glory. It means that God is moving. It means that it is current with God. Teman in the original Hebrew literally means the right hand of power. It means that God's got some power in his hands. And he can make a way where there is no way. And it shows God is declaring purpose. And God is working. And yet, a simple prayer, a simple prayer pierced God's heart. And he left Teman and came to Habakkuk. This proves that God will leave purpose to come to possibility. Oh, somebody help me right now. I don't care how much his purpose is being fulfilled in life wherever he's at. When you pray and you have an opportunity to pray, he'll leave what he's doing And come and take care of your possibility in your life. Because God is a God of possibilities. Clap your hands real big and rejoice in that tonight. He's a God of possibilities. God is not so wrapped up in making new stuff and creating stars and creating galaxies and more constellation that he won't leave it in a heartbeat to find a possibility. I tell this story and I've told this story in this church. In fact, I preached this sermon a long time ago in this church, but it is the thesis of this church because there's possibilities sitting in this house tonight that think that God will not touch you where you are. That is a lie from hell. If you've got something that you need help for, you just start calling out to God and he'll leave whatever he's doing and come find you where you are. That's the God I'm talking about. Neil Armstrong is one of my heroes. And July the twentieth, nineteen sixty-nine, he landed on the moon with Buzz Buzz Aldrin, and he steps out of that out of that out of that uh, space capsule, and he says, "It's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind." And an urban legend, urban legend, has it that he said after that, "Good night, and good luck, Mister Gorsky." And people always ask him what that meant, and and I looked it up on internet several years ago, and he admitted, he admitted in a 1995 banquet in Tampa that he did say that and that he would not tell anything about that until the Gorskys were all dead. And it was, family, it was a family that lived next door to the Armstrongs when they lived up north. And those Armstrong boys were real rowdy. And Mr. Gorsky loved them. He loved their rowdiness, but Miss Gorsky was like the wicked witch of the West. She hated those kids. And she hated especially Neil. She couldn't stand Neil. I guess Neil just had a little bit of a Dennis the Menace attitude. She hated it. And when they would play ball, invariably the ball would go in the Gorsky's backyard. And so one time they were playing ball and somebody batted the ball in the Gorsky's backyard. And they made Neil go retrieve the ball. And so Neil climbs over the fence and he crawls on his hands and knees. And there's a big picture window in the back of the house. And he crawls up behind that picture window. And he sees Mrs. Gorsky on her feet. And he sees Mr. Gorsky sitting in a chair and they're arguing like nobody's business. And he's trying to get the ball while he's listening to what they're saying. And they're loud. And Mrs. Gorsky said, I'm, I'm leaving you. I'm going to leave you. And he said, oh, honey, don't leave me. Why don't you just sit down here and just give me some loving? Come down here and just kiss me. And she said, I'll never kiss you, Gorsky." He said, oh, please, hon, just give me some sugar. And she said, "Gorsky." she called him that in her tender moment. She said, "Gorsky, I'll give you all the loving you want when that Armstrong kid walks on the moon. And so, hey, Mr. Gorski, I walked on the moon. I hope you get a lot of love in tonight. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. There's moonwalkers in this house here tonight. There's people that the enemy told you that you could never have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but he is a liar and the father of all lies. There is a God that has something great for you even in this house on a Wednesday night and he's telling you to tell the enemy, I've walked on the moon. I've been in the presence of the Lord and God's got a possibility for me in my life. Have your hands real big and rejoice over that. God loves possibility. In Acts chapter eight, there was a revival in Samaria. It was the hottest place on earth. It was the New Testament teman at the time. And in verse 7, the Bible said unclean spirits were brought out and sick were healed and the palsied were touched. In verse 8, it said the whole city had great joy and the Holy Spirit was not even yet given. And it was a New Testament teman. It was a hot spot of revival in the New Testament. And yet God spoke to a deacon in Acts chapter 8 verse 26 and he said, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza, which is desert. Because there was a man in that desert who was an Ethiopian eunuch that was praying. One man's prayer brought one man from a city of revival to his chariot, and he baptized him. And you go to Ethiopia today, that, 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 that country is overwhelmed with salvation and religion because a man prayed in a chariot, and God said, I hear a possible prayer. And I'm going to send somebody to take care of a possibility. You hear me. It doesn't matter who you are or where you are in your life. God is in to possibilities. Yeah. Say it with me. He's into possibilities. In Acts 10, there's a story of two men. Peter, who was the leader of the church. He was the heart of purpose. And Cornelius, who was a devout man, a Gentile, possibility. And Cornelius prayed. And the Jewish man was on a roof. And in 10 and 3 of Acts, the Bible said Cornelius saw a vision and an angel speaking to him. And fear struck him. And he said, what is it, Lord? And God spoke. He said, your prayers and your alms are come up for a memorial before me. And see, God was really busy with an infant church, but prayer touched God. And he came to Cornelius' house to save a household. And he had to wake up a man on top of a rooftop down in another part of the country and had to show him a sheet with all kinds of animals three times because that Jewish man didn't believe that a Gentile man could find the God that the Jewish man had found. And I'm declaring to you, it doesn't matter who has found God and who had not found God in your family. You're a possibility if you start praying and say, God, I need help tonight. God will come to where you are. God will leave purpose to find possibility. And so God left Teman to go revive Habakkuk. And the nation of Israel. And when Adam and Eve failed in the garden, God could have started all over. We'd have never known the difference. Yet he was so in love with his first creation that he would rather revive the first creation than try to make something new. See, Revelation 13 and 8 said, he's the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Said he's the lamb slain <laughs> from the foundation of the world. Now read this with me, Ephesians 1 and 4. We're chosen in him before the foundation of the world. So before the plan was ever to slay a lamb, we came in as possibilities in his life. We were first. The lamb was second. Somebody needs to say, I love that pastor because it's written in the right order. He's the lamb slain from the foundation, but we were chosen him before the foundation. What I'm saying is everybody here matters. It doesn't matter if you've come from a broken home. If you've come from a derelict past. It doesn't matter if you've come from all kinds of sins in your yesterday. There is a God that is in to possibilities in this house. And God can take your possibility and give you purpose. I read about a man who was broken down beside the road one day with his car. And a limo stopped to help him, and the man had the hood up, and he was trying to fix it. He didn't know anything about it. He's kind of like me. He didn't know nothing about how to fix a car. And this man steps out of this limousine in a tuxedo and starts talking to him. And he said, what do you think it is, son? He said, well, I don't know, sir. But he looked at him like, like you don't know what you're doing either, sir. You're in a tuxedo. So the man said, well, let, let me get under here. He said, you get in the driver's seat. When I tell you to hit the starter switch, go ahead and do it. So the man gets under the hood and he taps this and hits this and moves this around. He said, Okay, hit it. The guy hit the starter switch and it started right now. And so the man put his coat back on and was doing this, you know, with his cuffs, you know, and getting ready to get back in the limo. And the guy said, How much do I owe you, sir? He said, Oh, you don't owe me nothing. He said, Nothing? He said, No. He said, well, Who do I think? He said, Well, my name's Henry Ford. <laughs> and I made that vehicle. It's one of my creations. And I can't stand to see one of my creations on the side of the highway. Have a good day. I'm gonna show you one of God's creations. Come here, sweetheart. Come here, Margarita. Come here, Lee. Come with her. This uh, This is show and tell time. Do you know I love you? Have I told you lately that I love you? This is my heroine, not a drug, <laughs> but a female hero. Yes. This is her sweet husband. Yes. They're precious people, longtime members. Three years ago today, they were working a University of Texas game at the Irwin Center. And uh, she had an enlarged day order, about 5.5 on the Richter scale. It was a bad one. And all of a sudden, while she was working, she went down and came back up some stairs. and it felt like somebody just hit her on the left side over here. She never went out, but she felt like that she was about to pass out. So she, they went and got Lee, and Lee came over, and they called the, the, the people at the Irwin Center, and they got her in the ambulance, took her to South Austin. And by the time she got there, she was in bad shape. That, that aorta had literally split. It was like a split, and it was in bad shape. And by the time I got there, I got there, the doctor was saying she probably won't make it till the surgeon gets here that can fix her. But somebody prayed. I think it worked. So the doctor comes, operates. It was his second surgery ever like this one. And he left her open. He left her chest cut open for a whole week. And they wrapped her in cellophane. And you could literally walk in the room and see her heart beating. You could see her heart inside her chest beating. And for a week that happened. I'm trying to get all the story straight as I can. But after a week, they sewed her back up. Then they gave her like a 50-50 chance to make it back to normalcy. And then it was about three weeks into the hospital stay, they gave her a 60-40 chance of making it. And then when they turned her loose, they gave her about a 70-30 chance of making it. And then she went back to the doctrine and it was back and forth and it looked like we was gonna lose her a few times. But all the time, prayer was made. And God, God, now listen to me. God who loves this church and this is one of his purposes in South Austin is this church, Christian Life Austin is one of his purposes. But he left this purpose of this church to go find the possibility, call this little lady, that he could heal and he could set free. And three years ago today, they gave her no chance to live. But God just hates for one of his creations to be on the side of the road not working. And she's alive today. And she's well today. Now, folks, I'm telling you, he is a healer. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love you. I love you. I love you. Hallelujah. Come back next Wednesday night, I got something else for you. It's called Show and Tell Night." <laughs> Last week, a man been cured of cancer in our church. This week, she, she got raised up from almost the dead. but God is into possibilities. He wants to work on our behalf. Jesus had three and a half years to launch an eternal work. I got a hurry. He was interrupted time and again. The reason? for God to put it on pause to reach one person. In Mark 5, there was a demonic man at at Gadara. He sensed that cry and liberated him and sent him home in his sound mind. At Samaria, there was one woman at a well and he sent 12 men to get lunch for 13 because they didn't understand what meat he had to eat of. And he led her to him, not to Christ, but to him. In Mark 10, there was one beggar There was one beggar and he helped him and he touched him. In Matthew 9, there was one little lady that touched the hem of his garment and God came from Teman. He shut down whole multitudes to save one possibility. It's gonna be tough now. 29 years ago this week, Patty and I accepted the call to come here and it didn't look like this 29 years ago. My first Sunday service, there were 22 in the auditorium and the rest were in Sunday school. And I thought, my God, I left a church of 1,200 people to come and take 22 on a Sunday morning. And we didn't have the music we had tonight. Or as Brother Charlie said to me tonight, it don't sound like the first Baptist church in Seminole, Oklahoma, what he heard here tonight. <laughs> I love that, Charlie. But I, I'm so grateful that God took me from a place of purpose to a place of possibility. And here we are. And we can't get the building built quick enough because God's filling this house up. Please be patient with us. At least you're learning how to park with no parking places. So we're going to build a garage one day. Just stay with us, folks. Don't leave us. Because God's into possibilities and, and CLC is still a possibility in South Austin. And I've told you that this church will have 10,000 or more members one day. And that's a possibility God's still coming to work on. Clap your hands and say, I'm a part of a possibility. I'm a part of a possibility. Let me talk here just a little bit. This church... Must enlarge its capacity for God. Everybody say we need to enlarge. David, the king, went from a teacup. He talked about his cup running over to a well, to a river. We've got to enlarge our capacity to receive what God has for us. We can't stay a teacup full. We need to drink from our saucer because our cup's overflowing. That's a song. Somebody ought to write a song about that. I had a, used to have an old buddy here that received the Lord in this church and his wife, I married him, and they live in Bastrop now and they attend another church. They come every now and then. But he, uh, he told me he had a friend that was blind and said that blind man said he had never seen an ugly woman. You know what that tells me? When you're blind to people's faults everybody looks beautiful. Come on now, come on now. Come on now. Samuel, Samuel got a new coat every year from his mother. One that was larger, never smaller because living things continue to grow. The blessing will go somewhere. We must enlarge our hearts to receive what possibilities God has for us. See, Calvary was his purpose. They offered him honey and myrrh. It was a drug, it was a narcotic because they wanted him to lose consciousness. But Jesus did not take it. You know why? Even though that was his purpose and that was why he was here, he was a lamb slain from the foundation and that was his teaming. He put it on hold for one thief. One thief that prayed. Can you remember me? Remember me when you come to your kingdom? See, God is interested in our prayers and he will come to possibility. I want to I close tonight I buried a little lady. Randy, if you'll help me. I buried a little lady uh, in our church several years ago. Her name was Marge. And uh, her daughter was one of my first secretaries. And we couldn't pay secretaries any money at all. We'd give them a little blessing every now and then. But we had no, we had no way to take care of people. And Marge was my chief encourager. She really was. She was married to an Assembly of God pastor, and they, they had great results and great, great success in their life. And when he passed, she loved me, and she wanted to be a part of our church. And so she had one fear, one fear. She said, Pastor, when I die, I don't want to die in the darkness. She said, "Will you pray that won't happen. And I said, yes, ma'am, I will. I thought, what a strange request. She said, I'm just kind of afraid of the dark. And the night we got the call from her, her daughter to come to the hospital, it was 2.30 in the morning and Patty and I got up and got dressed. The time we got to the hospital it was about three o'clock. And Margie was just, she was just, she's about gone. And I said, God, she just asked for one thing. Can't you help us? Can't you kind of give us a little help down here? And I remember... When I, when I prayed in her room that night, I said, God, let her live till 630 and then take her home. And about 630, I went over to the window and I opened up the shade and I went over and I said, Marge, I said to Marge, the sun's up. The night is gone. And she said, thank you. And she went off into sleep and went home. Now that, that sounded like a neat story. But I got in my car, it was a Wednesday, and I started headed back to church. And some of you that don't believe in the miraculous, you probably won't believe this story, but it's okay, it's all right. You hang around me, you'll start believing them because I tell the truth. I don't take the dog home, I tell the truth and I was on my way home and the 11 o'clock news came on and the meteorologist came on and said folks we had a phenomenon in Austin today and in Texas said we predicted the sun to come up a certain time and said the sun somehow we must have missed it the sun came up five minutes early and when I got to church that night I wasn't going to say anything about it because I wasn't going to talk it Pastor's losing his mind (laughs) and I had seven or eight ten people come up and said pastor did you hear the news did you hear the The sun came up early today. And I looked up and I said, you left purpose, didn't you, God? And you came to a possibility. And you didn't want your child to die in darkness. You want her to die with the sun coming up on a new day. That's how it works, folks. That's how it works. That's how it works. so I close with this story this is my last one I love stories y'all know I love to tell stories I was riding home from Washington several years ago from preaching a camp and I had bumped up I had used some of my points and I would bumped up it was a long flight home and so I was up in a seat by myself in the first class section and nobody was beside me and and so the flight attendant came to me she said sir would you mind if we brought up a veteran I said oh ma'am I'd love that love veterans and she said well I I think he'd enjoy sitting here and I said bring him so when he comes up I get up and I said son I said uh you have a father he said I do I said you have a pastor he said no sir I said you got one now and I hugged him and I said that's clean that's a clean hug fat free non-political no strings attached (laughs) and he sat down beside me we started talking folks I can talk to a stop sign but when I had a veteran beside me I wanted to talk we are still involved we are still involved over in, in Iraq and he was just one of the kindest young men and so I asked him I asked him into our conversation I said what's the neatest thing you ever, you ever saw in the army in the military he said oh Pastor, he said, that's not that's not hard at all to tell you. He said, when I was in boot camp, there was a kid that came in that had long hair and it was frizzed and every two inches was dyed a different color. He said, we called him Rainbow Head. And said, we looked at him and we said, you know what, man? You're not fit for the army. You need to go home. You need to get out of here. You need to go home. And he said, We went into the barrack and said he had pulled off his shirt and he was flexing and he said, anybody want to take me on and tell me to go home? And nobody, he had no takers. And he said, I'm going to be in this army. I want to be a part of army. I want to be a part of the army of the United States of America. He said, I am army. And They said when he cut his hair, his head was all different colors (laughs) because the dye had got through. And I said, well, what's the story? He said, well, I lost track of him, Pastor. I lost track of him. We didn't go the same route, but he said he joined Ranger Special Forces. (laughs) And he said he made the news, sir. He was the one that when Saddam Hussein was found, it was his men that found him. And he said, sir, I'm going to need you to come out of there. <laughs> and he, he arrested Saddam Hussein. That's what the story was. And I thought, and y'all wanted to send him home. <laughs> Boy, y'all really know a soldier when you see one. <laughs> and he got tickled. And I want to talk to some people here tonight. Don't you shirk whoever walks in this building. Don't you look at them with any jaundiced eye when they walk in this house. Because God's not going to send them here if they don't want a relationship with Him. And when they walk in this door, when they come in this house, when they come in this house, come on now, clap your hands. When they come in this house, they're a possibility. In fact, they may have their hands up one day saying, I am church. I am church. Come on now, I am church. Get ready for the greatest move of the spirit that we've ever known in this church's existence. Would you stand? You're awesome people, and I love you very much. I took you a little over tonight, five minutes, I'm sorry. No, I'm not. No. I'm not. No, no. Everybody say, God, God. will leave purpose to find possibility he is a God of possibilities bow your heads and close your eyes let me bless you tonight dear father I love you I love you with all that I am thank you for letting me preach the gospel here tonight thank you for letting me share the good news of the cross here tonight thank you you're an incredible God and you've blessed this church mightily And what a joy it is to tell of your good news. Now, Lord, I pray, I pray that you'll bless everybody in this house. And God, let these people know the power of prayer that when they pray, you'll come to their possibility and you'll make them feel like they are so important. That's the kind of God you are. God, we've prayed for people the last month just at the door and they've come in and said pastor I got a job I got a promotion God healed my grandbaby God touched my family God brought our family back together God you just do that kind of stuff why would we ever doubt the power of prayer in our life why would we ever doubt it let us receive it let us believe it and let us understand that you have something great for us in our lives bless this church now and bring us back on Sunday bring us back on Sunday and let us be anointed and let us be appointed to see the kingdom of God go forward on Sunday. Lord, I'm looking forward to Sunday. God, you've given me something special for that day. And I love you, Lord. And I honor you and I bless these people tonight. Turn to somebody beside you and say, I'm gonna see you on the weekend. Say it, I'll see you on the weekend. God bless you. You're incredible. I love you more than you'll ever know. Thank you for making Wednesday night so special for us. Amen. Clap your hands real big as you leave here tonight. I love you. I love you very much. God bless. God bless. You're incredible. You're incredible.